want you to know most of you, uh, like I said, now all of you, I guess, know uh, that uh, Jen and I uh, will be uh, moving in the middle of this year. Uh, it was a very difficult, long prayed out, long thought out uh, discernment process that uh, I had with uh, some trusted um, people with God. And um, it's, uh, this is, uh, being a Methodist minister is a strange um, business. Uh, it's like no other, and or maybe like be any minister for that matter. Um, like all of us, you know, 2021 was extremely uh, difficult uh, on me and um, and Jen and uh, in in our family. And in November and December, I really sensed uh, this just something not right, something. Um, um, a, a restless feel. My first thought was, uh, I don't know, maybe it was time to step away. Maybe I could sell a bunch of homes, make a bunch of money in real estate. You know, I started fantasizing about what I might could do instead of be a preacher. I even called Bishop Swanson and told him, I said, Bishop, I, I think maybe it's time for me to step away um, from leading the administration and... Um, I'm not so sure I'm interested in appointment. And uh, Bishop Swanson was so gracious. He was so gracious. Um, and he was affirming. He said, deeply saddened, Bruce. We, we, we hate to lose you. And, uh, and we, we don't want to do it, but I want to do what's best for you. And I, I told him about some of um, my struggles um, on the administrative side um, of being a corporate pastor and, and how uh, that was very challenging. I felt like I wasn't failing at it, but it was uh, so exhausting that I felt like it might be affecting other parts of my ministry. And uh, even more scary was that I felt like it was starting to affect my health and well-being. He, um, again, was very gracious. Um, and I was seriously starting to think about something, maybe an extension beyond... Uh, the local ministries, a nonprofit, doing something like that. Um, but he called me back and he said, Bruce, I know you're thinking about a lot of things. Um, what about a smaller church, smaller staff? What about, you know, um, a part-time or something, uh, something like that where you could kind of have one foot in, one foot out, or, or something at least with a little bit less administrative strain and I said, I, I you know, hadn't really thought about that. And I, um, maybe later in December, I kind of got in a little bit better headspace and was thinking a little bit more about what uh, maybe God might be calling me to do and to be. And, um, um, and so I let him know. I said, I'm, I'm open to that. Let's just keep praying through this. Um, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the phone calls, uh, the texts, um, the post on Facebook. Um, one thing I need you to know is that this church is an awesome place to lead. Um, I am so glad God put me here for what will be five years um, to be your pastor and your leader. I want you to know that whole story so that in case somebody starts filling in the blanks, you can say, oh no, no, Bruce, Bruce loves Parkway Heights and I do. My goal is for the next four or five months is 
to have as much fun with you, to have rich experiences in worship, to discern what God is calling us to do and to be. My goal also is to work with the SPRC. Poor Richard Topp, keep him in your prayers. He's the SPRC chair. Um, he is, we really are in capable hands because I know Richard knows, has been a part of this church for years and he knows what we need. Um, and we have a, a great SPRC group who was so gracious to me and, uh, and to Jen. And uh, so they will be working very hard to communicate with the bishop. And just my goal is to, for us to be as healthy and as strong as we can be as we're sort of pulling out of COVID um, to continue to be active and just doing what God has called us to do. To my staff, many of, many of them are here uh, today, but I could not ask for a better staff of people to work with. I uh, look forward to going to work every single day. Uh, you make it fun. You're creative. We do a lot of collaboration. Uh, just to con uh, continue to pray for me, I, I covet your prayers. I'm praying for you. We're going to get through this. And though I'm your pastor for a season, we're friends for life. And I love every single one of you. And I'm so proud of what you do um, and what you will continue to do. Parkway Heights is going to continue to make a deep impact on this world far, far into the future. I love you all. Let's pray. God, here I am. And here we are. And... Uh, Transition and change is never easy. It's never really fun, but we know that you're all up in it. And uh, sometimes transition um, helps us to, to, to come alive in ways that we may not. Uh, sometimes transition calls us to come out of our comfort zones. Lord, bless Parkway Heights. God, thank you for the so many ways that, it, that the people of this congregation have blessed me. And God, I pray that in some way you've used me to bless this church. Help us to keep our heads up and uh, eyes open as we know that you will be continuing to move in our midst. And though we may be a little nervous and concerned, you are not. You have gotten this church and gotten us all through so many things. We thank you, God. Be with me as I um, share um, what's on my heart uh, on May the words of my mouth be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Amen. About 15 years ago in Tucson, Arizona, the city council passed an ordinance. They're trying to make their downtown area look bad, and so they passed an ordinance to um, make it illegal to, or a finable offense to feed the hungry. Um, too many... Uh, uh, vagrants, in their opinion, were around the downtown area trying to make it more attractive to tourists, and so they made it illegal. Well, um, Nancy did not get the memo at First Church, First Methodist Church, Tucson. Every Saturday morning, for years, Nancy would make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, ham and cheese. She would get volunteers to bring Cokes and Gatorades and chips and brownies, and uh, she kept feeding the homeless. A week went by. The city council people were looking, scratching their heads. Week two went by, still looking. Finally, the city council drew straws, as, 
as to who was going to have to confront Nancy about not feeding the hungry anymore in front of Tucson First Methodist. Nancy, it's, you can feed the homeless, but you can't feed the homeless here. Um, the city council has, uh, has made a regulation that it's illegal to do it. And with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in her hand, she says, well, you know, I answer to a higher authority than the Tucson City Council. Well, Nancy, we understand that, and we really, really admire what you do, um, but uh, we, we really want you to stop. Maybe you can do it somewhere else. She says, I will not. They said, well, you need to. And she said, I know my rights, and I have the freedom of religion, and you can't stop me from doing it. They said, oh, no, Nancy. She said, now look, you can pray anywhere you want to, but you just can't feed the homeless. And she held that ham and cheese sandwich up, and she said, this is how I pray. Now get out of my way. And she kept serving. We're talking about discipleship. We talked about a life of worship. We talked about a life of opening to God, praying, reading the Scriptures. We talked about obeying the Spirit and being responsive to the Spirit. Today we're talking about a life of, ser of service and um, appreciate uh, the reading this morning about, about the very early church, just a few years after Jesus um, left the, the face of the earth and left his uh, disciples. They became apostles. Right there in Jerusalem, they were beginning to form the church. The apostles were preaching the word and they were, they were growing day by day, but something somebody saw in that church was really bothering them because the Hebrew widows were getting fed, but the Greek-speaking widows were not. And that really pestered somebody and they, they called a little church board meeting. The apostles showed up and they said, it is not right for some people to be fed and some not. And they, 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 they got their heads together and the apostles said, you're exactly right. Let's, uh, while we preach the word, um, we need someone to serve these tables. Now it says wait on tables, but in the Greek I can assure you, diakonia, serving tables. That's where we get the word deacon from. And they took it very seriously and that's where they, they brought the seven people and they, they, they laid hands on them and they prayed on them because feeding those who are hungry, meeting the needs of those who have unmet needs is just as sacred as preaching or the other things that they were doing. So they did. Somebody looked and saw that it's never right in God's kingdom when some people are fed and some people aren't. Somebody remembered Jesus who on one of His last days pulled a towel out and began washing His disciples' feet and He said, just as I have done to you, you do unto other. Somebody looked at that situation in their church and community and said, you know, I remember Jesus fed thousands of people on the hillside, just a boy who gave a fish, a little fish and a little bread. Somebody remembered the prophet Micah who said, what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness and to walk 
humbly with God. Do justice. Serve. Or maybe when Isaiah said this in Isaiah 1, cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. For those of you who took confirmation recently, I know you learned a lot about John Wesley. You remember learning about John Wesley? Y'all remember that? John Wesley was not trying to make a new church. He was trying to start a movement. He saw a dead church in England that was full of ritual, but no backup. Nobody was doing anything. And uh, he was a Church of England ordained pastor, but they they couldn't find a place to put him. He would preach on his father's tombstone because he was sort of unappointable. But what he did and the way he served the church was he was very organized. I mean, must have been OCD. Very organized. He organized thousands of classes, groups of 20 to 30 people who would gather in between on the week, right, and would pray for each other and push and stretch one another to actually do the Word of God, not just listen to it. Here's one of the questions that this, this large class had to deal with. I think it's a really good question for us. And, or not a question, but a statement that they would read. I will heed the promptings of the Holy Spirit to serve God and my neighbor. You see, service is about listening to where God is. It's not about checking off a box and doing this and doing that. It's about paying attention to the promptings of the Holy Spirit and then doing what you've been prompted to do. Brene Brown talks about the five-second rule. Y'all know what that is? It's like if you really feel pulled to do something to get out of your comfort zone, just do it. Don't Count to five and do it. I will heed the promptings of the Holy Spirit. You see, serving is not merely about taking a spirituality test or doing a study. It's just about doing that one thing, however small it is, and trusting that the Spirit is going to make an impact on the world through it. It's about seeing what God has put in front of you and me. Imagine what would have happened if the people who raised their hands and saw something wrong said, you know, I really don't like that some people are not being fed and other, uh, others are. Maybe we need to do a study on this. You know? Maybe I need to do a spiritual gifts thing. No, it just happened. And they started to serve. Or sometimes, sometimes serving starts when you notice some injustice in the world, something that's not fair, and it makes you angry, and it makes you sad. And, and it gives you this emotion. You know, the emotions are good. Anger sometimes is good. Disappointment is sometimes good if you listen to it and respond to it. At a retreat recently that I went to, the men's group, the leader said emotions are like blinking yellow lights as you drive your car toward an intersection. It means to slow down and pay attention because something is about to happen. And oftentimes, service is born from that. Paul talked about service in another very important way, and that is an equality of gifts. You know, We all know what we can do and what we can't do, what we're good at and what we're not so good at. The thing to do is to figure out where you're at. And sometimes that takes experimenting and doing some things and 
and, and jumping in, say, here at church or in the world, whatever, whatever it is. But sometimes it's about that. Paul said, I don't care. You know, if you, preaching is no more important than sweeping the floor and vice versa. Why? Because it's all deeply interconnected. We're all building up an alternative world that God has dreamed up. And so every gift is important. I think, too, most of the time, service is about doing simple things with deep intentionality. Just this week, just this week, one of our members uh, who is great at cooking, we Methodists are good at casseroles. We are. We can cook a casserole. And uh, we've got some great cookers in this church. And one, it just dawned on her that uh, she was bringing food to someone else in our church who was going through a hard time who happened to be in the hospital during Christmas. And it just dawned on her that they never had Christmas. And so what did she do? She got a few friends together, and they served this family Christmas in February. All the trimmings and the fixings, right? It's not all that complicated. It can be a beautiful thing. This church, if you ever walk into our office building, you will see Westminster Presbyterian in shambles. It's one of the gifts that Westminster gave us as a way of saying thanks. Years ago, when that tornado ripped through and your pastor threw Steve Ramp the keys and said, come worship at Parkway Heights while you wait to rebuild. And they did. And one of those members was Larry Royals. Larry died in the wool Presbyterian. Good guitar player. Who noticed that every now and then our praise band needed a guitar player. Have you ever seen his guitar? His guitar is a pink, it's a pink guitar. It's awesome. And Larry played his heart out. And Larry served with what he was good at and he enjoyed it and he was not just a blessing to Westminster he was a blessing to Parkway Heights Lonette Clyburn heard a lot of stories from Arby Lucas about Lonette heard about the way that she would call you and she wouldn't ask you if you would do something she would tell you that you were doing something we're entertaining a district thing, and I need you there Saturday morning, little district meeting. A um, whole bunch of pastors are going to be there. And uh, Joanne, I'm going to need you to be there, and you're going to be scooping uh, chicken spaghetti for them. Boom, hanging up, right? Didn't they call her the general, right? Or Red Gailey, another one. I guess if we had to put a statue up of two people, that would be two good statues, Right? They were both so into service that if you reduce faith down to some sentiment, that you have shortchanged your own life, your church's life, and the whole world, the whole world's going to be deprived of what you are good at doing. And Paul says, don't worry about it, how insignificant it is. Just like the old Nike commercial, just do it. Just serve. Just do the simple things with deep intentionality and love. Service is about seeing the bigger picture 
building the kingdom one brick at a time, and you've got all it takes to help out the cause. Jen and I were um, riding around uh, yesterday. It was cold, but it was a beautiful day, just like today, a very bright day. And she introduced me to a song by the um, Highway Women. Has anybody heard the Highway Women? No? No, you haven't? Okay, well, Spotify that. It's called, it's called Crowded Table. And uh, I've only heard it once, but the words were... Well, I've heard it twice. I said, let me hear that again. These are the words, and this could very well be our communion song today. Uh, Spotify it, though, this week and listen to it. You can hold my hand when you need to let go. I can be your mountain when you're feeling valley low. I can be your street light showing you the way home. You can hold my hand when you need to let go. Here's the chorus. I want a house with a crowded table and a place by the fire for everyone. Let us take on the world while we're young and able and bring us back together when the day is done. Second verse. If we want a garden, we're going to have to sow the seed. Plant a little happiness. Let the roots run deep. If it's love that we give, then it's love that we reap. If we want a garden, we're going to have to sow the seed. Yeah, I want a house with a crowded table and a place by the fire for everyone. Let us take on the world while we're still young and able and bring us back together when the day is done. Where will the promptings of the Holy Spirit show up to you this week? I don't know. I just know it will happen. What is your ham and cheese sandwich that you're going to lift up to the world? What's your pink guitar? I just know this. I know that the Spirit will show up because service is deeply spiritual always. The only question is will you show up when you see it? Will you see it at all? Will you serve?